Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode 113. Not an unlucky number if you're superstitious. It's just got to be 13, right, guys? As far as I know, yes. As long as there's there's something preceding it, it's not considered unlucky, right? It has to be a Friday. Too, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was weird. What was that song? That sounded like a... Uh, that sounded like your song. It did. It did. It did come out of me. I like that. As you guys can tell, I do have some guests on the show this week. I have Paul Markle and Jared Markle with Student of the Gun. Welcome in, guys. Thank you for having us. That was Jared, and I'm Paul. And thank if you, you for don't know who us. we are, you're wrong, but you're fixing yourself now. By yeah, they're fixing themselves right now. So. If they don't know who you are, then they don't listen to the show because I quote you guys all the time. I think our listeners are very well versed with you guys, and you just got done recording a show, right? Yeah, we're we, we got a we just got we're in the studio, and yeah. we we've done two this morning. Actually, we did a, a guest spot on somebody else's show. I can say it is Polite Society podcast. I don't know if you know that those guys over there, but uh, we did. Mm-hmm. A, I've heard of them. Yeah. Guest spot on their show, and then we did our bonus show. Very cool. So you guys do like one a day or something, don't you? Well, yeah, we uh, Monday through Thursday is the public broadcast, and you, everybody can listen to that. And then Friday is for the grad program members. That's the that's the big boy, big girl time. That's where we we you know <laughs> we, we're, we're a family friendly rated show. You can listen to us in the car with your kids, and 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 I won't say the f word or anything like that. Uh, but some things just need to be said, and sometimes you need to. Right. Speak things and so that's why we have the the uh, the bonus grad program hour so we can just uh it's kind of like steve austin's un unchained or unleashed or what does he call us he's got you know austin's got two he's got the the family friendly rating one you're talking about stone cold steve austin stone cold he's got a wrestler yeah he's got the 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 family friendly show and then he's got another one called like unchained or unleashed and that's where he can say it, it, they do the disclaimer at the beginning. They're like, "This is an adult content show." So, right. Don't, don't so you just to say you were offended. Yours is kind of that way, but you just you leave it the yeah. Only, words I, out. I haven't shaved my head yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Friday show is for is for it's the adult show. It's for big boys and big girls. I will okay. go as far to say that everything that Dad says needs to be said. He just can't say it all Monday through Thursday. So Friday is the, where he gets to. So it's like your it's like your dump bucket show. Yep. Yeah, and, and you know it's for the grad program people. It's for the, the the serious choir, the people that are there on purpose. They really want to hear it. So you know, yeah. it's a great opportunity for Jared and I to speak directly to the serious students of the gun. Right. So for for our new listeners that are just joining us, tell tell them a little bit about the format of your show. Uh, the stu- it, student of the gun radio. Everything you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. And there's lots of shows out there that'll that that format their show uh, so that they they say what they think people want to hear. Mm-hmm. I don't say what I think you want to hear. I say what you need to hear, and sometimes that hurts people's little feelings. Uh, they get their little feelings hurt, and then they should go ahead and listen to an NPR show if, that, if that's the case. <laughs> now, there's too much going on in the world right now to ignore it. They're like, oh, I don't want to talk about, you know, there, there's one show that's like only positive firearms news. You know, dude, if you just want to play a little, if you just, just want to play games, you know, go pick up a copy of guns and sandwiches magazine and, and, and you can, 
you know, take it in the bathroom. Yeah, but if everybody's talking about, you know, the same thing, then it doesn't it doesn't offer variety. You know, so I mean, if, if let's be honest with you, it's it's good that you guys have you know a certain niche that you're in, that and these other people don't try to step on that. You know, so it, let, let it, them do their positive because it's the reasonableness theory. It's like, well, you know, if if we. It's it's the whole trying to make everybody your friend. Oh, uh, well, I don't want to say thing, anything that'll be controversial because then someone might not like me. Uh, mm-hmm. Look look at America today. Is is serious? Look at America today. Take a good look at your nation and tell me: Is this the nation that you want to live in? Are you happy with the nation? You think, yeah, everything's rocking on, man. We're, future's bright. Everything's good. Or and you're like, oh, not so much. It didn't get that way overnight. The nation didn't right. fall to this state. Uh, you know, you didn't wake up in the morning and like, wow, everything was great yesterday. I don't know what happened today. You know why that is? It's because we've ignored our civic duty and we only want to talk about fun stuff. Nobody wants to talk about anything that's uncomfortable. Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. I want to go play fantasy football. Yeah, your nation's not going to fix itself. Now, that would fall into your category what a pacifist is, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it, I would say a comfortable pacifist where, uh, you know, then it, it'll fix itself. Uh, it's not my job. Uh, I can't do anything, so I'm just going to ignore it. What really hacks me off is is gun owners. They're like, I'm a gun owner, but I don't, I don't like politics. I don't talk about politics. You know, whether you like politics or not, politics cares about you, buddy. Um, saying I don't like politics is not going to fix your country. And people, they, 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 you know, they feel good about it. They say that to themselves. They're like, I don't like politics. I don't well, like any, politics. Anything you do in life involves politics. Yeah. You know? that is you know, the- no matter what you do in life, there's well, going to be politics. If you're in the gym working out, there's politics involved with that. You know, you're going to have to be political somehow or some way. Somebody's using the machine that you want to use, you know, <laughs> Jared, well, I, was, I was trying to hit on a key for Jared there, so he could chime in. I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything about the gym, do you? Nope. No, I don't. Well, I don't, I don't do the gym. We don't have to wait because we have our own. Yeah, gym. I say. Well, there you go. So you guys just eliminated that completely. And just opened up your own gym. That was the plan. It's That's like, the way to do I, it. I, I'm tired of waiting in line to use a treadmill, so I'm just gonna buy my own and put it in the gym. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> You've been uh, hitting the gym. Have I? Yeah. Actually, I have. Yeah, good for I've you. Been, I've been hitting it. I hit it just about every day, and I've just started. I've upped it a notch where after my normal workout routine, three times a week I try to do this now. I take one of those like grit classes or body pump classes. I don't know what those. We're are. not really sure what you're talking about. Okay, it's it, it, like a it's like a hybrid. They implement weights and cardio in with them, yeah. okay. like circuit training. Kind of like yeah, kind of like circuit training. It's 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 just a, a high atmosphere, Is nonstop a- kind of class to where you're constantly moving, doing something, and then they implement the weights in with it. It's full body kind of. Right. Is it is it a cult like a or a, or a culture like CrossFit? A culture cult. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think so. Is it required to take selfies while you're participating in the exercises? <laughs> it is not required. No. <laughs> it's not. It's not as good as CrossFit. Then. Yeah, I think it might be like a, a form of CrossFit, <gasps> but um, you got permission to use that trademarked word, don't you? CrossFit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying Coke. You know, here in the in the South, when you want a uh, a soda, they take your order to go. You know, do you want a Coke? 
And that could be a Mountain Dew, that could be a Mellow Yellow, that could be a Dr. Pepper, that could be... <laughs> you want a Coke? Yeah, what, what kind of Coke do you want? Um, yeah, you want a Coke or Pop, you know, in the, I guess in the some parts of the country they call it Pop. Yeah. So it's just, we're from Ohio, that's what they call it. Michigan, they call it Pop. Michigan, they call it Pop. Pop, yeah. So, you know, when cross, CrossFit's one of those... Waves in Massachusetts, you know what they call it? What? Conic. Conic? Conic. Like tonic water? Oh, yeah, tonic. They yeah. call like go to go, go to pop tonic. Hmm. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, I was in the Marines with with some guys from Boston, and they were the most obnoxious puke faces you ever wanted to meet. Tonic, and they and they drink tonic. You want a tonic? Okay. <laughs> okay. No, so, thank you. Thank you for asking me. So we'll circle back around to uh, the purpose of your show, and you guys are not for the faint of heart because you do. Uh, obviously speak your minds and you don't skirt around issues or topics, which one we're going to talk about today on the show a little bit later. Uh, I think we'll get some good insight from, from the guys at student of the gun on that. But uh, tell us a little bit about what you did in guns this week. Did you do anything involved firearms? I carried one every day. There you go. Actually, I carried two every day. So there you go. Yep. I carried what's two. your, what's your EDC? Right now, uh, right now, I've got a, a, a car P45 in a, in a crossbreed holster on me, and, and I've got another pistol secreted somewhere else on my body. And an undisclosed location? Undisclosed location, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I do the uh, Century Arms CP9 SA uh, in a crossbreed holster outside the waistband, and I also carry a DB9, I mean DB380. 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 I heard they have an upgraded version of that called the Glock 42. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, this DB is a Diamondback, right? Yeah. And then uh, I carry that in Tough Products, a little pocket scabbard, I guess that's what they call it. Yep. And, of course, knives and flashlights and uh, pocket lifesaver, pepper spray, wallet. That's, does that count as EDC? Sure, why not? A- absolutely. Knives. Yeah. Yeah. Everything counts. Flashlights. Yep. Now you guys, uh, you guys carry medical kits too, right? Yeah, the pocket lifesaver kit. Is that on? Is that an ankle carry, right? Kind of. Well, I'm wearing cargo shorts right yeah. now, so it's you got a cargo. Yeah, cargo pocket. Um, actually, somebody actually emailed me about the ankle carry thing. I asked on the show a couple of weeks ago if anybody manufactured that kind of like an ankle wallet kind of dealio uh, to get in contact with me because I want to partner with them and do a pocket lifesaver. Uh, carrier that you can wear on your ankle when you're wearing pants. Uh, cool. So free up your pocket. There you go. So you just put it out there for everybody. If anybody knows, uh, anybody interested in that, get in touch with Jared at Student of the Gun. Very cool. So I, I know last time you guys were on the show, we were up at in Camden at James Yeager's place. They were having the um, Century Arms thing. You guys remember that? Yep. It was cold, wet, and muddy. Yep. Cold, wet, muddy is perfect time to test out guns, wasn't it? Yes, sir. And uh, we had EJ Owens with legally concealed on with you guys. And between the between between Paul and EJ, I mean, you guys just got too philosophical for me. I mean, you were way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then those freaking radio voices that you both have too. It just it just drowned me out. So I just let you guys talk and. Uh, it was an awesome show. Yeah, well, last time we saw each other, though, we were we were together in Nashville uh, for the NRA annual meeting. Well, right, yeah, yeah, but we didn't get, we didn't really get to do a show or anything there. But it was good to see you guys. 
And at that time, he had just released the Patriot Firearm Team book. Oh, we were no. Patriot Fire Team. I said, what did I say? Fire uh, the, Patri- the Patriot Fire Team book we actually released. Uh, we really did that one when you saw us in December. We were getting ready to release it because it, it released. Um, yeah, it was it released in December, and then we did the paperback released in January. Okay, so it was the paperback, maybe what we talked about. Yeah, probably. For the Patri- Patriot Fire Team. Patriot was the new book that we just released, but that wasn't until after NRA, was it? Or did we do it before? No, no. Faith in the Patriots only been available oh, for man, a month. This year's just running together. Yeah, so you just sent me a copy. So I got my, my copy of Faith in the Patriot. And let's talk a little bit about that uh, since since we're on it. Uh, and we'll get into a little more detail about it right now. What was your inspiration on that? Well, my inspiration on that was... Uh, about a year and a half ago, I did an article for The Blaze uh, after a story came out from Columbus, Ohio, about a group of, of Catholic nuns that were protesting a local pawn shop trying to get uh, a dealer's license from the ATF. You're like, wow, that's really radical. Huh? A pawn shop applied to the ATF for a firearms dealer's license. Who would have thought that would happen? That's crazy. So... Yeah, but all, all of a sudden, these, these like nuns got together with a bunch of other irrational women in the neighborhood and started like protesting, and they didn't want gun sales going on in the vicinity of children or gun deals. Yeah, they're like, we don't want gun, gun deals. Yeah, gun deals. You mean like inside the store where people were purchasing a lawful product? Right. Well, anyway, so I wrote an article uh, called, Do You Have to Be a Coward to Be a Christian? And, and spe- I specifically pointed out... Uh, this this hypocrisy and when did these you know self appointed church leaders decide that in order to be a Christian that you have to be pro gun control or anti gun or a pacifist or when did this take hold when did that get labeled as the Christian thing to do yeah it's like oh well if you want to be a Christian you have to be pro for gun control and you can't be you know and while I was working on the book there were several other instances where that came to light. There was a bishop in in New York who's like trying to get the FCC to sue Walmart to get them to to, to stop selling evil black rifles in their stores. And uh, I'm like, whoa, stop, bro. Who who told you that that was your job? Uh, and who told you that it's the stance of the church to be anti-gun? Mm-hmm. And you've got that 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 knucklehead false prophet up there in Cook County, Illinois, that Father Flager or whatever he is. Um, who's cozied up to Rahm Emanuel and the and the other leftists, and he's come out, you know, all in for, all for gun control and blah 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 blah, and, and he but he's doing it as a you can do that if you want in America, but he's doing it as a friar or not a friar a uh, father or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, a papal figure, yeah, and, and well, and then the pope, then the the, the current pope, the, the current socialist pope comes out and makes this jackass statement about how you cannot be a gun manufacturer and a Christian at the same time. Really? Is that true? So that's the current stance of, of the church is that guns are bad unless they're in the hands of the state. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, states that thought that was a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew I had to write the book. I knew the book was important. And the book, Faith in the Patriot, A Belief Worth Fighting For, is not about trying to convert you and be like, are you trying to trick me into becoming a Christian? No, not actually. I'm not at all. Uh, the book was written for faithful people that are struggling 
with these things. They're struggling with these issues. You know, uh, look at the church in South Carolina. That church in South Carolina that, that where everybody got shot up. Uh, I, w- I I wanted to vomit when I saw that story. You talking about the uh, the Baptist church yeah. where the and, and, and the what, kid no, went in there? Yeah. What, what nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to discuss the elephant in the room. How the the uh, the head man there was a big Democrat anti gun guy. He was all about gun control and gun restrictions and and you know blah 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 blah. How did that work out? I'm not being glib. I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. Exists. And hoping evil goes away and wishing it goes will go away and, you know, holding hands and singing kumbaya is not going to make evil go away. Right. And the fact and, yeah, that you think, you know, we can just, oh, well, uh, you know, we'll, we, in South Carolina, all churches are gun-free zones. Oh, well, isn't that wonderful? Because gun-free zones just are so effective. And we, we've seen in the news that that's the main target for these guys are gun-free zones because – because these people are cowards. And and I'm glad you bring that, that point up about your book, because there's a section where you talked about monsters are real and evil exist. And I'm just going to read a quick passage out of it, if you don't, don't mind. Okay. So only after the conscious acceptance that monsters are indeed real and evil does exist in this world, can a man or woman come to the rational conclusion that they must be prepared to deal with said evil after the path of pacifism has successfully been debunked for what it is. Selfish cowardice people can move on to the subject of preparing to deal with evil and indeed fight it. Uh, That is well, well said, well written, not well read by me, but (laughs) (laughs) get the book and read it themselves. Yeah. yeah. But they, they need to get the book and read it. But you know, that really hits home right there is that people try to live in this fantasy world and think that, you know, evil can't happen to them or it it doesn't exist in their world. If I'm only nice enough, bad people won't want to hurt me. Bad people don't care how nice you are. Or if I ignore it enough, it'll go away. Yeah. Yes. I mean, when some, when some, some deranged psychopath walks into your building, uh, bent on taking out their angst on the world Make sure you tell them how much of a pacifist you are. Tell them how. You, make sure you tell them how you don't believe in guns. That'll stop them. Oh, absolutely. They'll they'll turn cheek and run like, oh, the other way. Believe in guns? Well, I'll go somewhere else where they do. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, human beings used to know how to defend themselves and their families, their communities. They used to have that. Like it was bred into them. They knew all about it. You didn't have to convince someone that they should indeed defend their own family. Mm-hmm. And this great modern enlightened era that we live in, it's almost like you know, if I say, if I tell you that you should be prepared to defend your own life and that of your family and your community, that's some kind of a radical idea. Like, but how? I'd have never heard of this before. Yeah, it's like, where did that idea come from? Where's this guy from? Aren't there police somewhere to, to protect me? You know, that's a great point you make there is that we have been brainwashed into thinking that our civil patrol, our government is going to be there at all times when we need them. And that's just not the fact. It's not the case. And they, they don't even have to be. You know, there's been ruling after ruling after ruling where, you know, all the way up to the Supreme Court where they have ruled that that the police, the state, have has no duty to protect you as an individual. None. Mm-hmm. 
whatsoever. There's no special duty to protect you as an individual. A police officer, and this is... This In is, other words, that ain't their job. No. They could literally be standing across the street, and you could be beaten to death in a parking lot 100 feet away, and your family tries to sue the police department, and their defense is, we have no duty to protect you as an individual. And you say, oh, that's bullcrap, Paul. That'll never fly. It's already flown. That, that's already flown. Uh, the Supreme Court of New York, uh, two, what was it? It was a Metro PD guys, or was it Metro or whatever, the, the ones that ride the subways. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the glass, while a dude was being just hacked up with a knife, and the dude fortunately was able to subdue his attacker after being cut up like, you know, uh, like a can on a Ginsu commercial. And so he sues New York, and the, the New York uh, Supreme Court holds for the city and says, no. I'm sorry that that happened to you, but the police, even though they were on the other side of the glass door watching, have no duty, special duty to protect you. So who does? You. That's it. You. You. Let's get into our jack wagons of the week. Hey, Ralph, simplified, do or die, hold them high at eighth and nine. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so now we're going to get into our jack wagon, and I know you guys have have got a couple that you want to throw on the jack wagon train. Well, you can go. Uh, I'm going to go first. Uh, typically, I let my my guests go first, but uh, I think this one's not going to be any surprise to to anyone. And I think you guys have mentioned that you probably talked about her a little bit too. But it's Amy Schumer. She's that chick that had that movie. I don't even know what the movie was called, but the shooting in Louisiana, the theater shooting in Louisiana. Her, her movie. Yeah, her movie happened to be the one that this guy chose to go into and uh, do his rampant rampage. She has taken it upon herself now to go public with her stance on increased gun control and gun laws. And the guy she was standing with was his last name was Schumer too. Are they related? Do you they're, guys know? According to the according to the AP news story, they're cousins. Cousins. I, yeah. I have to do my my due diligence real quick. Uh, okay. Per uh, Colonel Grossman, we're not supposed to call them shootings; they're massacres because shootings is that's what we do when we go to the range. That's an okay. Uh, we he called us out when we were doing an interview with him, and he said, "Please." Uh, help me change the verbiage. Call it a massacre instead of a shooting. Right. So, yeah, it was a massacre. And whether he used a, a knife or whatever to kill people, several people. It, now, so, now, it was a criminal it, event. Yes. Yeah. So now when. when it was murder. He committed murder. He broke the law. It's he, too bad that they don't have laws against murder in Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or he never would have done that, right? If there was the a law. The law would have prevented this criminal from going in and massacring these defenseless Gun, you know, that were in this gun-free zone, individuals. Yeah, there you go. So Amy Schumer takes it upon herself to to go public with her. Uh, I guess this is a newfound. I've never heard anything about her uh, being against uh, firearms or for increased gun control in the past. And I think her studio probably has a lot to do with this. They see a big, huge PR. Oh, yeah opportunity for them is like oh aren't you related to this uh, politician so you know let's 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 really capitalize on this and try to get this hack of a movie some more publicity oh absolutely there's there's no coincidence that that they're trying to they're 
trying to pimp her movie right now, and they're like, "Oh, right, we need AP." And and here's the deal: the the current you and I both know the current media culture. They're so easily manipulated. Oh, that, no, they're they're independent journalists. No, they're a bunch of hacks. All you have to do is run in front of a microphone and say, I hate guns. We need more gun control. And MSNBC and CNN and every other ABC, CBS, whatever, every one of them will run it. Mm-hmm. Every one of them will run it. And they know this. They're not stupid. People in Hollywood, they know, hey, we'll send the star of this movie out. She'll make some speech about, I hate guns and guns are bad and I'm upset and I want to cry. And every single news agency in America will run it. Right. They'll say, Amy Schumer, the star of the new movie, blah, 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 came out today. So they just got a million dollars in free advertising. There you go. Yeah. You know, so what people need to be aware of, and I know our listeners uh, are well aware of this, you know, people that, that listen to our shows are well aware of this, but what we as 2A supporters have to do is we have to educate the uneducated and show them the real purpose of, you know, why these people are coming out and saying and doing what they're doing. And, you know, somebody said they're like, I watched that, Paul, and she seemed, you know, she really She's seemed- an actress. Yeah, it's like she's paid <laughs> to show, to, to you know, to fake emotion on cue. That's what they do. They're paid pretenders. You mean she made the really sorrowful face and looked in the camera and convinced you that she was feeling bad? She didn't convince me. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. The fact of the matter is, she's a paid pretender. That's what they do. They pay. They pay him to pretend. Right. And, and if you've ever, and she's like supposed to be a comedian or something like that. Oh. I don't think she started off as an actress. Yeah, she's uh, a comedic actress. And here's but, the, the whole like, your movie was playing on the screen when this happened. So now you're an expert. Like, oh, this affected me personally because my movie was playing. It could have been any movie. It like, could have been. And. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to ask you guys this. Where was Amy Schumer the day after the Chattanooga massacre? Where was Charles Schumer the day after the Chattanooga massacre? Cricket. Cricket. Right. Cricket. Exactly. She's so yeah. concerned about this has to end. And I, all I can say is enough is enough. Really, Amy? So when little Johnny Jihad went on a killing spree and killed a whole bunch of our servicemen, where were you? You couldn't find a microphone that day? You couldn't find a camera that day, Amy? You're so concerned. It, it took but Because it happened to be her movie. Yeah. It took her a couple of weeks to find a camera. She's really been super concerned about this for a long time. But, you know, after the Chattanooga, after little Johnny Jihad, you know, a Muslim missionary runs out and kills a bunch of American servicemen. She just couldn't seem to find her way to a microphone. But now all of a sudden she did. Or any of these other where was gun, gun activists. After? Where was his condemnation of radical Islam? Where was your condemnation of radical Islam, uh, Chucky? Uh, oh, that's right. Wasn't there. Was it to be found? And, that, you know, and that's, that's the thing that people have to see through these people. These these politicians, you know, this was a grandstand for him as well. I mean, I don't know what he's ultimately reaching for, what his next aspiration is in the, the political world. Like we've said on our show a couple of shows back, critical thinking in this country has absolutely disappeared. Mm-hmm. People have lost the ability to critically think for themselves. Oh, yeah. You can't take... Oh. 
face value what these people are saying. You've got to you've got to ask yourself why would she? And just like you point out, you know, where was she during the Chattanooga shootings? You know, why would she just all of a sudden come out? Well, she makes big money at these movies, and her, you know, this could potentially hurt. Oh, that you know, her, her pocketbook. Her so. pocket. That's right. The the box. Her pocketbook is directly related to the box office, mm-hmm. and uh, they need. And the last thing Hollywood wants is people to shy away from this movie for fear that some whack job is going to walk into a theater because they know it's going to suck anyway. So <laughs> they need they need people in these theaters, and it it one hundred percent affects her pocketbook. Yeah, and the studios, and I guarantee you, the studio was a big push behind her getting oh, yeah, up there. They, they greenlit that. She they, they she didn't just go out and do that without talking to her agent first. Right. So thing, Amy, oh, go ahead, Jared. I was say one thing that Dad brought up. I think we talked about it in our Thursday show, but I'm not sure uh, what day it was. He talked about how they're he, the Hollywood. I mean, the politicians are using these Hollywood actors as puppets. Because the politicians, their approval rate now is like thirteen percent. Oh yeah, ridiculously low. Yeah, so they're Charles turning Schumer. to these people that are uh, known by the public and pe- and the public trusts them, quote unquote. Yeah, they go to with a happy face because you know they've done polls and they know that like nationwide, like thirteen percent of of the nation rates them Congress as trustworthy. So that means seven mm-hmm. percent of the country thinks they're untrustworthy. Well, you don't get out in front of a microphone and try and push gun control when only 13% of the people want to hear from you. What you do is you go get a young, you know, seemingly attractive, popular woman who, oh, and, and you know, the great unwashed, you're like, oh, I know her. She's in that one movie. She was on that TV show. And so they have positive feelings. When they see one of these actors, you know, mm-hmm. that actor's face doesn't give them the negative like they did, you know, from a politician. They're like, oh, I, I can't trust this guy. No, so they, what they go is they go out and get comedians, people that make you laugh, people that make you feel good to watch their movies, and they mm-hmm. have them read from the script. They're like, here, read this. You're good at reading scripts. Like, and that's what she did. Yeah. She had her script. I mean, clearly. They wrote clearly. it before. They're like, here, go out and say this and, and act really serious. Yeah. So enough about her. We don't need to give her any more limelight, but uh, she is on – the jack wagon train. So welcome aboard, babe. All right, guys. Paul, Jared, do you each have a jack wagon, or are you guys uh, gonna gonna do one together? Mutually agree on, mutually on agree this one. Um, okay. I don't know if you've heard about him, uh, Louis Farrakhan. You know who that is? Uh, Louis Farrakhan. Didn't he open up some kind of a fast food restaurant or something? Yeah, it's called. Uh, yeah, it's uh, called. Uh, uh, um, dos, for dos, dos, dos for everybody. Dos pollos. goes <laughs> or dos pollos. it's like lewis farrakhan and jesse jackson and what's that other wild-haired dude yeah they i think they opened up a restaurant together planet (laughs) yeah don king planet hollywood or something i don't know (laughs) go ahead guys what was the chicken place from from uh breaking bad i don't know Zaxby's? Los Poyos Hermanos. <laughs> no, Los Poyos Hermanos. Yeah, Zach is convinced that we should that there should actually be a Los Poyos Hermanos place in America. So we could really not. No, it's fictional. No. But anyway, no, Louis Farrakhan uh, got up in front of all his followers and he uh, told them that they should rise up and kill those who threaten them if the government won't do it for them. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, Louis Farrakhan, isn't he a Nobel Peace Prize winner? Yeah, got up and, and banged on the, thing, uh, the Nation of Islam be representative of the religion of peace and brotherhood in America 
pounded on his podium and, and uh, told him that the Quran orders them to get up and to rise up and kill those who threaten to kill their people. Now, he doesn't say who specifically, and, and, he's, and you know, Louis's not going to go out there and do it himself. Essentially, uh, if you have, what do we find here recently, these lone wolf attacks? There? Yeah. And that's what they like to, oh, that guy in Chattanooga, there's, there's no evidence that it's like, just because he was a Muslim missionary and, you know, he was mm-hmm. down to that struggle, that doesn't mean this is Islamic terrorism. Uh, yeah, kind of that's what it does mean. You know, a year ago, when they had all these little uh, Johnny Jihads flocking over to Jordan and uh, and uh, Syria and, and northern Iraq, mm-hmm. interviews about how our brothers in America are going to be attacking you. And then guess what? All these lone wolf attacks start happening, and they find out that they're little Muslim missionaries. And so your wonderful government's like, oh, these are just these are isolated incidents. This is yeah. like they're they're calling them um, either job job related. Uh, I, violence, yeah, or, yeah, it's isolated incidents, it's a workplace violence. It's nothing workplace to do violence, with yeah. uh, with the religion of peace and brotherhood, except for the fact that we have the tapes where these guys said, uh, "This is our brothers are in place to attack you," and it happened in New York. It happened in what in Ottawa yeah, or Canada? In, in Canada, twice, two different yeah. places in Ottawa. It happened in New York a couple of different times. Uh, obviously, yeah. it happened in. Well, uh, it's not forgetting about the. Um, the the bombings the two brothers that did the marathon bombing oh yeah well they they just traveled back over but to, they were you know, really nice kids and they oh, they yeah. did well in school yeah, they're nice. and so that that that's more important that yeah. they were nice kids and they just because their dad was like a big muckety yeah. muck and, and, and you know like the, the the chechen separatist you mean the chechen terrorists mm-hmm. yeah 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 those guys no no big deal <laughs> nothing to see there so yeah it's Luke, not related not related at all no you guys need to know this. Educate yourselves. This guy, we need to, the reason we, we uh, put this guy on Thursday's radio show and his exact quote, we played the exact quote, like two and a half minutes from the, the sermon or speech or whatever it was, uh, is when they tell you what they're going to do, when they go out in public, they're not even hiding anymore. That's the sick thing. That's thing that should, should wake you up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, ladies and gentlemen, is... They're so bold and so brazen that they're willing to go out in public and say, this is what we're going to do. And then your government, you know, J. Jonah Johnson and all the other people that are supposed to be <laughs> keeping us safe, they're like, well, we're monitoring them. J. Jonah Jameson, I think is what you meant. No, no it's J. Johnson is the DHS head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For those of you that didn't get that. But yeah. When, they're, when they go out and tell you, when your enemy says, this is what we're going to do, you might want to freaking pay attention. Because then when it happens, you're going to be told, oh, uh, this is just an isolated incident. This is a one-time thing. This is this has nothing to do with the religion of peace and brotherhood. Did yes. they tell us two months ago that this was going to happen, and then it happens, and you're saying that this is an accident? It's not an accident. And when uh, followers of the Nation of Islam start randomly murdering people that 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 beautiful young woman walking down the street uh a a man of color walks up behind her shoots her in the back of the head for no other reason oh but you don't know about that do you because that's not national news let's go ahead and and reverse the colors a uh, a young black man and a young black woman are walking down the street in california and los angeles and, and a radical white man walks out from the shadows takes a shotgun points it at the back of her head and kills her for no reason just because 
because she was black and he was white. Is that not going to be on every single nightly news? On the, it's going to be nonstop, 24-7, nationwide. Am I right or am I wrong? You know damn well that I'm right. But you reverse it, I bet you never heard of it. I bet most of your listeners never heard about it. But it just happened. That's Where did that happen? In, in California. It was in Los Angeles, I believe. Really? Yeah. yeah. This young couple, the young, you know, white guy, white girl walking down the street, uh, black guy walks out. And you're like, oh, you hate black people. You know, shut up. If that's your, if that's your takeaway from this, shut up. No, go ahead and be honest with yourself. Be gut-wrenchingly honest and say, if it were reversed, if it were reversed, would it not have been everywhere? Nightly news, daily news, 24-7 news cycle. How long ago did that happen? Like within a month? Like a, like a little, less than a month ago? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to look you know, that one up. Our followers shared it on, on Facebook. But, yeah, you don't know about it because the colors were, were mixed wrong. Mm. Well, so back to Louis Farrakhan because that's who your jack wagon is. Yep. So he, he has recently, when did he do this? Uh, like this weekend. This weekend he did that. Yeah, the, the, the news report that we got was dated 5 August. Mm-hmm. So it's been within a week. It's episode, so, into the gun episode 221, Enemies Among Us. So now, now they've got one of the most uh, popular, and uh, if you want to use the word prolific, you know, Louis Farrakhan, I, I don't call him a prophet or anything, but uh, for, for those followers that follow the re- religion and then they follow him, the death cult of Islam. That making that statement, you, you don't think there's going to be action taken on that? You don't think people are going to, you don't think we're going to start seeing a lot more violence? Against, against him or, or inspired by him? Inspired, inspiration. I mean, he's, an inspira- he's an inspiration for these people. Absolutely. In the beginning of the speech, he calls out, he wants 10,000 of his warriors. I want, he's calling for 10,000 to rise up and kill. Yeah. Hmm. Reverse this. Go ahead. Let's yeah. be gut-wrenchingly honest with ourselves. Louis Farrakhan is not Louis Farrakhan. He's the Reverend, you know, Jimmy White, and he's the head of a Methodist church in Kentucky. And he gets up in front of and and oh, Farrakhan uses the word the word whites in in there in an, as a negative connotation in his in his speech. Mm-hmm. So let's say. You know the the Reverend, uh, you know Jimmy White or whatever of a Methodist church in Kentucky gets up and starts hammering his and he and he uses the term blacks as a as a pejorative, and then he tells his congregation that they need to rise up and kill those who threaten them. How long? How far do you think it would be? How far would the FBI be away from that church when that happens? Well, of course, you know what people red people lights bring up for Christians is they bring the Crusades up every time. Yeah, we got to go back to who started the Crusades. Oh. Who started them, you said? Yeah, who, who started the Crusades? Uh, I have no idea. King why, Arthur? Why, why did the Crusades happen? Yeah, no, because, of, because the Muslims took Jerusalem. But anyway. Yeah, it was a rhetorical question. But, oh. yeah. no, let's be gut-wrenchingly honest. If a white Christian minister got up in front of his flock, pounded his hand, and, and used the term blacks as a pejorative, and then said, told all his followers that they needed to rise up and kill all those who threatened them. That, but that but that's not going to happen. FBI custody right now. Yeah. He would be in FBI custody right now. Well, he would be, he would be that guy asking. down there in, um, what's that church, the South Brook, or what oh, are they called? Baptist. That's yeah. a church. That's a little idiot cult. 
Well, and and but that's what that's what these people would be likened to if if Christian churches started to do that started right. to do that. But they're not going to do that, and we know no. they're not going to do. No, that we're not. No, they're not. not the, it's not the Christian way. Let's not hold our breath waiting for the IRS to investigate Farragon. Let's not hold our breath for the FBI. But if you're a Christian minister and you said anything against the state, the very next day you're going to have an IRS audit and they're going to pull your tax exempt status. Folks, this is the country we live in. And you can either stick your head in the sand and say, I don't like politics, or you can pay attention. It's up to you. So welcome to the jack wagon train, Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> Calypso Louis, that's what Rush calls him, because before he became a, a, a devout uh, member of the death cult, he was a... Uh, he had played in a Calypso band. Uh, did he really? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, all right. So for and and we're one of those, Paul, as you know, we're one of those um positive gun shows. <laughs> we don't talk politics on our show. <laughs> but uh you can't avoid it. I mean you have to you have to talk about it yeah. uh at some point in time. It it always comes into play. And uh yeah, we we address it at some point uh, somehow, but it's great that we get people like you on uh, that can go into you know more of the detail of of the issues and you know what's going on in our in our culture right now. And uh, you know, I'm glad you shed light on us about the the okay. Louis Farrakhan yeah, stuff there. Louis Farrakhan in 1955, using part of his middle name Eugene, uh, went by the name of Calypso Jean and. Uh, in the in, t- in a Chicago show entitled "The Calypso Follies," I thought this guy was like from Africa. No, no oh, you're racist. Zim- yeah. Zimbabwe. No, I mean I really I thought he was. That's where he, he born. Was born. He was born in uh, no in in the Bronx, New York oh. City, 1933. Oh hell, man! And he's still sucking up all the good oxygen off planet Earth. <laughs> so, so let's let's lead into our main topic today and. Um, and it just seems like more and more and more we're hearing about this. And I don't know, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to try to figure it out on the show here. But I don't know if it's due to the media or has this stuff, is this stuff becoming more and more prevalent in, you know, in our day-to-day. Just yesterday we got news that there was a, another cinema theater massacre. Um, and now I'm, I'm going to f- correct it as I go, but... Uh, initially I was riding down my, down the road in my truck and news breaks that there's a active shooter at this theater, uh, in the Antioch area of Nashville. And, you know, these reporters trying to be first on the scene, first to break the news, you know, they're making all these speculations. The guy's, he's a mass shooter. We don't know how many people have been killed or injured. So they're they're making all these speculations within the first you know thirty minutes to forty five minutes of what's going on, uh, and I'm sure everybody by the time they hear this show they're going to know what the the story is and what the the truth is behind the story. But they're still investigating at this point. Supposedly, there's this mentally ill guy that uh, after the smoke is cleared, uh, he had a uh, was it a airsoft gun something along those lines. Yeah, you know, an airsoft toy gun that looks like a a Glock or whatever. There you go. And a hatchet. And come to find out that this guy has a a history of mental illness. Uh, But he also has a couple of backpacks that he's toting around, too. Uh, So the story is um, 
So it says a Tennessee man who was shot dead by police at a Nashville area movie theater first used a hatchet to assault a family before pulling out a weapon thought to be a gun, according to 911 call released on Thursday. Gun was identified by Nashville police as, and I'm not going to say his name, um, who had been committed for mental health issues four times, 2004, 2007. In addition to the hatchet, he was carrying what turned out to be a pellet gun as well as pepper spray that he used to douse the crowd at a showing of Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, I don't know why they feel it important to say the name of the movie. Well, you got to get some free some free pimpage for the movie, man. But I, I don't see why they feel the need. To, yeah, that's an like the movie, like the movie's related to the shooting somehow. You know that that's I don't understand that. Get the main actor of the movie to come out and speak about gun. Well, here's 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 all you need to know. I just titled, I just put in Mad Max in a search engine. Click top story: gunman killed at movie theater. Yeah. Mad Max screening of Mad SEO. Max. That's so they do that. They do that for SEO value. And that's another thing that you were talking about. How all the news agencies came out and they made all these speculations. You know why they did that? So they could relate it to the other theater shootings that have happened or massacres, theater massacres that have happened. Yeah. And that way their SEO, they can reprint the stories and the SEO comes in. So when they, somebody types in like a movie theater, their story will come up. Top hit. Let's back up a minute though. I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, Jared, when you said, so that main actor will come out as a gun grabber activist. Yeah. I don't remember his name. I think, um, he's a foreign guy. Um, whatever the new guy's name is, I can't remember his name. But he's he's a good actor. I like some of the movies that he's been in. But I think I think you're onto something there when you said that, Jared. Um, they you know they're calling these movies out. They're like, look, these people are going to your movie and committing these violent acts. We want you to come out and speak out against it. Yeah, they're trying to. They're putting them in a really tight situation because either they exactly not address it and then the media will say what they want to say or they will address it and then uh, depending on their stance uh, the media will take them whichever way they want exactly you want to hear how the media uh, and this is how ABC News is a bunch of scumbags and I'm going to go ahead and relate this Tennessee theater attack police have killed a gunman who opened fire at Carmike Hickory 8 in Antioch Tennessee on an afternoon um there were no major injuries in the attack. That's right down the road from you, isn't it? It's like, dude. It's yeah, a, yeah, it's just right down the road. I almost drove there, and I was like, ah, I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah, it'll be that guy. Police have killed a gunman who opened fire. No major injuries in the attack. Um, there's at least one. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there is definitely one. There was definitely one. And, and here's what they put in there. Opened fire with what? His BB gun? His pellet gun. Opened fire with an airsoft gun? Yes, yeah, is a police da 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 da. Twenty nine year old suspect unleashed pepper spray. Uh, blah 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 blah. I feel bad for the people who got pepper sprayed. Yeah, yeah, me too. But you know, water and a good story later on. Yeah. But here's the deal. You want to know why they, they speculate? You want to know why? Oh, I here's the picture of this thing. Yeah. Oh, I know what this is. This this airsoft gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. Uh, I think it might be from Crossman. It looks like a, a 1911 with a with a rail attack rail on it. Yeah, and and you know what they're going. Oh, they should have had. A, that's why they have to have an orange tip. That's why it's like. Oh, come on now, come on. Yeah. Well, just like he did, the tip can be broken off. Yeah, or, like, or like did he break it off? Crazy people don't have access to black paint. 
like oh, that's why they have to be sold with orange dip. So you do like, have to be 18 to buy paint. Oh, yeah. Places. Yeah. <laughs> we need waiting periods on paint and pellet guns. Uh, anyway, here's the deal. There, do you have to be 18 to buy paint? Yeah, because you could huff it. In some places. There, yeah. I, I think it was at all. Uh, I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Walmart's. Yeah. Well, let's not get into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're not talking about huffing. That's another show. No. Uh, uh, police said it was very realistic. They're, they're just trying to justify killing this dude. Here's the deal. Yeah. If a guy's got a hatchet in his hand and he's swinging it at people, you don't need to say, oh, the airsoft gun looked real. The airsoft gun at that point in time is completely and totally immaterial. Can you shoot someone because they're swinging a hatchet at people? Yes. Yes, you can. You don't have to taser that guy. That is a deadly weapon. Mm-hmm. But you, but we're so reasonable in America, and police officers are so scared of being painted as bad or evil or trigger happy that they had to like go into great detail and saying, "But this pellet gun looked really super realistic." It's like, dude, I don't care. Yeah, the dude, and they had to put a picture of it up to show you a hatchet in his hand, and he was trying to attack somebody with a hatchet. That's you can shoot them. Then it's okay. It, it's okay to shoot a nut job that's attacking people with a hatchet. So here's the quote from the 911 emergency line. said the man was wearing dingy, dingy-looking dingy clothes. The man, the, This guy, this shady-looking guy, stood up with, like, two bags and walked to the back of the theater, and he pulled out a hatchet and started attacking this family, the caller said. And then he pulled out a gun, and we all ran out of the theater. There was like seven or eight people in this theater. This is this is a Wednesday at around one o'clock is when this happened. Yeah. Why did nobody shoot this guy? Oh, because it's a gun-free zone. I don't know what those are. Oh. Maybe it's not. I don't know. You tell me. Is, is the Carmike Theater in Antioch a gun-free zone? They should. They, you know what? They Most theaters they are now be a hatchet-free. Are, yeah, hatchet-free, and and that's the thing too is. You see these signs that, that have the gun and the slash, you know, no firearms. What about, you know, if they're going to do that, why not no weapons? Oh, no. Why are, why are they just particularly doing guns? Went crazy. Our local chief here uh, printed up signs that had, it had a picture of an AK-40. It has a picture of an AK-47, a buoy knife, a pistol of some sort, and a hand grenade. <laughs> With a slash to it? Joking. Yeah, there's the red no symbol, and in that no symbol is an AK, a hand grenade, a pistol, and like a big giant buoy knife. Well, I thing. carry hand grenades every day. Because somebody wanting to kill someone, if they see the, the no guns, they're going, oh, well, I can't carry a gun, but I can't take a grenade because there's not a grenade with a slash through it. That's right. I was going to bring this grenade in so, here. So they're saying I can come in here and kill people with a grenade, but I can't kill them with a gun. It's well, perfectly acceptable to kill them with a grenade. Not a picture of a hammer or a ball bat. So, I mean, I suppose if you wanted to go in with a ball bat or a hammer. There's not a picture of a hatchet either. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's retarded. Uh, And here's the, you know, people are like, well, we know it's ridiculous, Paul. We know it's stupid. Yeah, you do? Then call these people out on it. Embarrass them. Make them feel stupid. Well, that's not nice. Then they might not like me. They already, they're not your friend already. The idiot that put up the no gun sign, he's not your friend. He's not your friend. He doesn't have your best interest in mind. He doesn't have your best interest at heart. He's a moron. To wrap up this story with the guy in Nashville, like you said, he was first uh, confronted by a patrol officer, and supposedly they exchanged fire. 
and I don't see how they could exchange yeah. fire. He, he shot a pellet, and then the guy shot his 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 gun at him. Here's the, here's the weird thing. This story is weird, and 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 we need to. Yeah. So I've heard I've heard a little background from undisclosed source, but it, I've been told that this guy was out. It's like a strip mall area where this was this mall or this uh, movie theater is, and there's like other retail stores around, like phone companies and whatnot. So he was at one of. The, I heard that he was at one of these phone companies and either they called the police or there was a policeman there that confronted him because obviously he looked shady. You know, he's carrying around two backpacks and, and whatnot. I mean, I don't know. He he might, he might've been, you know, causing a scene. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate, but this is just what, you know, again, this is hearsay that he was confronted by this police officer and, he ducked into the movie theater and the police officer, you know, went in after him. And that's when, you know, all this went down. And then the SWAT had a time obviously to react and get there. Um, but after, and it doesn't say in between when he confronted him and when SWAT get, got there. So I don't know how long that took, but SWAT went in and they exchanged fire again <laughs> and he ran out the back. And when he ran out the back, that's when he was killed. That's how I understand it. Yeah, this is this whole thing's kind of hinky. Uh, but what I'll tell you is this: is if, if you, I'm sure that your audience is, is is there, or at least pretty close to being there with us. But the fact of the matter is, if you think that it's somebody else's responsibility to keep you safe, you're delusional. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I you don't understand, Paul. I can't go in there. I can't go here. We just actually and. We just actually had two stories of people shooting themselves through the leg uh, with their own guns because they were disarming themselves so they could go into a gun-free zone. Are you serious? Yes. Two, well, we did. It was. It was. Focus, we were focusing on tourniquets and how how first responders had tourniquets and saved these people's lives. But the reason that they had bullets in them through their femoral arteries was because they were in their cars, they pulled up to an area, and they're like, oh, there's a sign on the door. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my gun out of its holster, and I'm going to stash it somewhere in my car. And so while they're in their car, fiddle-farting around with their guns, they, they shoot. negatively discharged. Yeah, and it, was it, was, it was two different incidents, two different cities, and both of these people shot themselves through their legs. And, you know, you have this great fat artery in the middle of your leg. And if you put a bullet through that thing, you're going to die really soon. You're going to bleed out, yeah. Right. And the only reason that these two individuals are still alive is because the first responders that showed up and found them had tourniquets. And they're like, oh, crap, you're going to die if I don't put this on you. And uh, so they they saved their lives by doing that. Well, in all reality, those people don't need to be carrying guns anyway. Well, they should they should have disarmed before they left their house. You know why they did that? Because they want to be good people. Because they want to be reasonable people, because they law law abiding law abiding, and there's a plastic sign on that door that says I can't. So what I'll do is I'm going to purposely disarm myself because I don't want to violate the sign. No, that's not against the law. You're so, and you say, well, what am I supposed to do, Paul? I it's don't just know. against that store's no. policy. Yeah, uh, we need to differentiate that too. It's not against the law, right? No, well, in most, it depends, well, on, it where depends on where you are. Here, unless it's a federal building or something. Yeah, well, like here, 
in, in Mississippi, a, it, it's yeah. a, it's a civil matter. They can ask you to leave, mm-hmm. at, for, and if you refuse to leave, then you can be charged with trespass. But I'm right. like, why would same you, here? You know, it's like, oh, like, sure, peace out. I'm gonna go spend my money somewhere else. Yeah, and that's or, like, or why would you why would you open carry and for them to know you're carrying anyway? Oh, that's another hill of beans. But yeah. but this the, the whole these people disarming themselves and then having NDs in their cars because they're fiddling around with their guns when instead of fiddling with their gun, they should just put it on, leave it alone, cover it up, and go on about their business. You're like, but mm. Paul, Paul, if I go into that store, that building, that gas station, and they find out that I have a gun, blah, 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 how are they going to find out? The only way they're going to find out is if you tell them. If you or, if you tell them or if you really, really need it because some bad person is there to do bad things. Exactly. Or if there's an active massacre right. there. You know? So why are you – this is what I'll ask people. Like if you're willing to play this arm, disarm, arm, disarm, arm, disarm game all day long, you take the gun off, put it back on, take it off, put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, put it on. I've known dudes that did this. You know, um, Why are you carrying that gun? What's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you doing this? Because I'm, you know, are you really, really, really carrying it because you think it's a life-saving tool, or are you doing it just because it seems like the cool thing to do? Because if you really think that that gun is a life-saving tool, that it's important, it's important enough to have on your body to stop bad people from hurting you and your family. Why do you keep taking it off every ten minutes? And another question that they've got to ask themselves, Paul, is. Why am I carrying this gun if I've not ever been trained how to use it? Well, dude, that's they don't. Well, most people don't care. Oh, but but that's what that's another thing. Why are you carrying that gun if you want to protect yourself? You want to protect well, family and others. When if you've dead. not been trained. No, no, yeah. Marty. My dad taught me how to shoot. My grandpa taught me how to shoot when I was ten. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. I don't need you to tell me. I I know how to pull a trigger. What do I need? Right. To- Exactly, and that's that's that is that's a great fact to fight the myth right there. I think we've done that one in the past. The carrying the gun and shooting the gun, it's people getting really wrapped around the axle on mechanics and marksmanship. Yeah. It's it's not about marksmanship; it's about fighting. Can you fight with a gun in your hand? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I go to the range and I shoot. You know, yeah, you stand at the range. No one's trying to hurt you. There's no stress. Put a piece of paper out ten yards in front of you, and you slowly shoot that paper. Right. You got a heartbeat of ten beats per minute. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Amateurs focus on hardware. Professionals focus on software. Yeah, yeah. It that, that is not you know why my dad you shooting tin cans off a stump with your grandpa when you're twelve is not fighting with a gun. Mm-mm. That doesn't prepare you for a, for a situation fight. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's what we stress on this show is training, 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 responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. Oh, it's hard though. It's easier just to play fantasy. But we gotta keep saying it. You know, we gotta keep putting it out there. We gotta keep reminding people that just because you go get your carry permit doesn't automatically make you an expert. Well, or like, anywhere, anywhere near it. And it doesn't give you the ability to be able to, to know what to do, how to perform in those stressful situations. You know, you wanna want me to give your audience a land yap? I'm going to give you you suckers a lanyard. I love uh, – there's a restaurant called the Louisiana Lanyard that I love to go to, but yes. I'm about to give you a lanyard. We challenged our listeners at Student of the Gun to do what we call a cell phone challenge. You're like, what's a cell phone challenge? 
everybody loves their phones, right? You got a Galaxy Note 4, you got an iPhone 5 or whatever. Everybody loves their phones. And you're carrying a gun, are you? Yeah, I'm carrying a gun. I'm a, I'm a gunfighter. Uh, okay, cool. How confident are you in your skills? I'm, I'm pretty confident. All right. Take your phone, go to the range, take your phone, stick it in a plastic sandwich baggie. Reach into your range bag, grab your stapler, your staple gun, which you have because you're a shooter. And I want you to staple your that bag with your phone in it eight inches to the right or left, I don't care, of the head of a silhouette target. Go ahead and do it. Now turn around, walk five yards away. Not even five, three. Walk three yards away. And I want you to put one magazine worth of ammo into the head of that target. Go. Um, 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 I might, no, I'm not going to do that. I might hit my phone. If you don't have enough confidence in your <laughs> to not great. phone, what are you going to do when there's a psycho with a hatchet and he's swinging it at your wife's face? And the only way to stop him from doing that is to put bullets into him. What are you going to yeah. do? Hang on, everyone! Stop. That's a moving. great challenge. I like that. Everybody stop moving. Yeah. I need to get into a proper weaver stance. Take some deep breaths. I'm going to do some practice draws first. Uh, let me go ahead and check my sights. Uh, hang on, I got a chamber around because I don't ever chamber around. Um, all right, I'm ready now. And basically, what we had people do for that is turn on your camera. Oh yeah, turn, turn on your camera so you film yourself and then post the video up to social media and hashtag it student for life. Yep, cell phone challenge. Yep. Cool. All right, so let's throw that out there right now to our leadheads. The cell phone challenge, the student of the gun cell phone challenge. I want to see post on our Facebook page uh, of you guys trying that out. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. So let's let's get into our. Uh, this is a perfect segue for our facts to fight the myth. Um, and I know you guys have come prepared with a couple. Our facts to fight the myth are sponsored by the Sonoran Desert Institute. And Zeke, Zeke Stout, you guys know Zeke. You remember Zeke? Zeke? Never, Paul? Heard never heard of him. My, my, my partner uh, in crime, Zeke Stout, the Squatch, they used to call him. He's like 20 feet tall. Is he what? Is he doing time now? Or what is he? He's doing time. Well, he's doing time with the Sonoran Desert Institute. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they are graciously hosting my segment, Facts to Fight the Miss, and Zeke. Uh, loves to introduce this segment for us. So, Zeke, take it away. SDI is proud to present the Talking Lead Facts. All right. So, Hodor, as Jared calls him, <laughs> has led us into uh, our Facts to Fight the Myth segment. So, guys, tell us what you've got for our our myth and the facts you've got to back it up. Well, this kind of this this plays into the Lafayette theater shooting. Uh, the, the first people to show up at the Lafayette Theater shooting, the first officers to show up were equipped with traumatic medical gear. Uh, not huge orange backpacks that you see your EMTs and paramedics, but something that you could actually carry on you, like a tourniquet, bandage, you know, th- that kind of a thing that they could put on their belts and carry with them. Mm-hmm. And they immediately were able to start treating the victims. And which is obviously critically important in saving lives is not waiting 15 minutes for the ambulance to clear the scene and come in. You know, those, if, if you just lay, let a guy lay on the floor for 15 minutes bleeding, if it's a serious bleed, he's going to be dead. So uh, when we talk about getting traumatic medical training, we, 
not all the time, but we still get this at, from gun people, not from the average weak, you know, spineless citizen, but from people that carry guns. Like, oh, don't you think that's best left to professionals? And I want to say, really, is that really your opinion? Is that your final answer? If if you won't take medical training and you won't carry medical gear because you think that's, quote, best left to the professionals, why are you carrying a gun? Because Nanny Bloomberg and, uh, you know, his favorite call girl and Amy Schumer and Chucky Schumer, they all think that carrying guns is something that only professionals should do and that you as a peasant, as a plebe, should not be doing that. So before you, you know, jump on board with the, uh, I, I think that medical stuff is, is best left to the professionals, uh, that's the exact same argument that the anti-gunner people use about concealed carry. So uh, you might want to be careful whose ideas you glom onto there. Good point. Jared, do you have one? Uh, mine was just going in with that. The uh, Obviously at the, the theater shooting they use, or the theater massacre, they use the, uh, the pocket kit. Or the, uh, what do they call it? IFAX? Yeah, uh, yeah it was whatever IFAX they had. to save the lives. It was, a, it was a small kit that, that the officers had just recently been issued. Yeah, and yeah. at the same time, in uh, was it in New York where the, the officer saved the lady's life that was in the middle of the street? Where he, oh, bleeding. They he had used a improvised, yeah, yeah. an improvised tourniquet where he found um, a he belt. He took a guy's belt. Yeah, he took yeah. a guy's belt, and then he used a stick or something as well. Well, That's the old school Boy Scout way right there. Here's the deal. Yeah. No, it, it wouldn't work. I don't mean to correct. Oh, it didn't, didn't work. No, yeah. no, no. What happened? Oh, the belt didn't. They work. tried That's to right. use a yeah. t-shirt and, and like a yeah. stick, and yeah. that didn't work. So they grabbed a dude's belt and they looped it through. Yeah. And essentially, one of the officers just grabbed a hold of the loose end of the belt and pulled oh, like tight. a crazy yeah. person, and just kept pulling and pulling and pulling as hard as he could to to shut the artery off. And yeah. the doctor said that if they wouldn't have done that, she would have died. But you know, if it's if it's cool to yeah, use why not him, have a kid why not just you? have it on you? Yeah. I mean, it, it, rather than like, hey, you're bleeding to death. I'm going to go find a stick. I'll be right back. Well, you know, that's that's another level that, you know, the sheepdogs have to ask themselves if they want to take it up another level and uh, take that kind of responsibility onto themselves as well. Um, well. I mean, what are you going to do if you get shot and you don't have, you know, anything? It is so not, for your own protection, you need to have a, a kit on you, a med kit on you. That'll never happen. Yeah, that's right. Good guys don't ever bleed. Good guys don't. People get all wound up, or they get, we get wrapped around the axle over like you know the the shootings and the combat and stuff. But uh, more people die in car crashes every day than die in shootings in America. There's it's way more likely that you're going to be involved in a high speed car crash than it is you're going to be involved in a shooting. But there or you're going to walk upon a car crash accident where there's oh, yeah. people injured. Yeah. How many times have you been on the road and you're like, oh, crap, look at that. Boom, boom, boom. Car flips over. I, car crashes into another car. You know, I find myself when I'm driving down the road, if I get behind somebody that's like swerving or they're, they're driving like they're drunk or something, I'm like, please don't crash because then I'll have to stop and it's just going to take all that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I back up so I can either I either pass them and get far away from them or I back way up because I don't want to be involved in yeah. what they're about to be involved in. Or just get off the exit. So thanks to SDI, the Snoring Desert Institute, for sponsoring that segment of Fact to Fight to Myth. SDI's 32-semester credit hour certificate program in gunsmithing and 60-credit hour associate of science and firearms technology degree program can work hand-in-hand and are the most complete training programs of their kind. 
SDI strives to give you the best quantity and quality of professional gunsmithing information and tools. These programs are perfect for students interested in careers in the firearms industry or for those who are interested in owning their own gunsmithing business. Our programs are delivered via distance learning, which allows our students to maintain full-time jobs, families, military service, and more while working towards their degree or certificate. The Sonoran Desert Institute mission is adding value to our students' lives by providing innovative, relevant, and applicable workplace-driven education through distance-delivered instructions. Visit them at sdi.edu. All right, let's get into our trivia now. So last week's trivia question was from Aaron Cowan at Sage Dynamics, and it was a video. It was based on a video that he did on the Trigicon 3x9 AccuPower. And his question was, who makes the T-shirt that he's wearing in the video? And we had... And this is the week that I'm starting the new How I Pick the Winner. So it's not who gets the first, who gets in first on it. It's I'm taking all the people at the time that I record the show. And for those who don't know, I typically record on Wednesdays or Thursdays. So that'll help you engaging when you listen to the show and when you need to send your answers in. And uh, the winner out of all those people randomly picked is Clint Long. Clint Congratulations on winning the handgun class. So you get a free handgun class from Aaron down at Sage Dynamics. So get in touch with me via email, talkinglet at gmail.com, to get me your information, and we'll get you hooked up with that free handgun class. And oh, by the way, the answer to the question was the art of manliness. That is who made his T-shirt, Aaron's T-shirt. So congratulations. And this week, our guests, Student of the Gun, Paul and Jared, have a trivia question that they're going to pose, and they're going to put up a cool prize as well. Guys, what, what's your trivia question? Hey, we've got our trivia question coming in from uh, our, our Pocket Lifesaver video, and it's in several places, but you can find it on SOTGU.com. It's in the Pocket Lifesaver product. Uh, but the question that I'm going to ask you guys is, what was the last question Professor Paul asked the crash victim? So the video is, say the video name again. Video name is Pocket Lifesaver Video. It's on our Full 30 account. It's on the SOTGU.com. You go to either the Beyond the Band-Aid class or the Pocket Lifesaver product, and the video is embedded on those pages. Okay. And then the question is, what is the last question that Professor Paul asked the victim? Yep. Is that right? Yeah. The crash victim. Okay. There you go, leadheads. So you answer that correctly. You also have to go to their Facebook page and like their Facebook page if you haven't done that already. And you have to subscribe to their uh, YouTube. You guys have a YouTube channel too, right? We actually have two of them. Um, but our Facebook page is facebook.com slash student of the gun. And the YouTube channel, our main one is student of the gun TV. Student of the Gun TV. That, and then if you uh, sign up uh, for their radio show, for their bonus material, is that on Fridays that you that you post that? Yeah, for every Friday. Okay. You can subscribe, and for a nominal fee, you get the uh, bonus material that Paul was talking about earlier in the show um, that you don't get to hear during their, their weekly shows. The winner of that is going to get a uh, Faith in the Patriot book. Dad just got done writing that. We just re- released it. And uh, it's important. Which is the one I'm reading right now, Faith in the Patriot, a belief worth fighting for. Paul G. Markle. You know, I got a signed copy here, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed, man. Oh, 
you wanted I didn't, it. I didn't. I wanted like a little, a little heart, and it just got, you know, Marty. Marty keep smiley spinning, faces. You wanted keep like spinning heart. the faith, Paul Markle, whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> I you, what did you just say? Buck Owens. It was Buck Daniels. Buck Daniels. I can't He's remember. Already that. a Buck Owens. He hashtags it Buck Owens. No, Buck Daniels. I'm you, saying that he hashtags things Buck Owens. Who does? Marty. I do. But you don't even know your own name. I don't even know my own nickname, Dad Gibbons. You don't even know your own nickname. I gave that to you at Shot 2013. I'm writing it down right now. Daniels. Buck Daniels. It was actually Shot 2014, but whatever. It doesn't matter. I've done like Buck Naked, Buck Owens. All right, so there you go, guys. Uh, send your answers into uh, talkinglate at gmail.com, or you can go to Facebook. Do not send me a message on Instagram because I cannot get messages on Instagram. I still have a damn Windows phone, and for some reason, the app on there doesn't allow me to get messages. Uh, so do not try to contact me through Instagram, Facebook, or Gmail. Works great. <laughs> you need to have a you, – you and Zachary need to have a, uh, a conversation. Yeah, he's got, a, he's got one of those Windows phones. Zachary has a Windows phone, too. 1980 he, called. They want their cell phone back. He's cursing it. It's not I, I curse it every day, but I refuse to conform to Apple. All right. I use a Windows computer, and I use a Windows phone. So hate me if you must. Admire cool. me if you will. All right, guys. So we're getting close to wrapping up uh, another episode of Talking Lead, but I want to find out first what you guys got coming up. Uh, Paul, I know you are extremely busy. You're always into something. What's on the horizon? Um, I'm going to write another book. <laughs> I'm going to write another book. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm currently working on the uh, the Patriot Fire Team team manual, which is going to have a lot of like super specific stuff about gear and tactics and and all that jazz. The first book kind of laid the foundation of the why. Uh, the Patriot Fire Team book laid the foundation of the why and and what mm. and and getting a team together. How to get your mind right? Yeah, how to get your mind right. And then we did the Faith in the Patriot book, which kind of was kind of a departure and. Uh, so the next one's going to be the Patriot Fire Team team manual. And that's what people seem to think that they were going to be getting. You know, mm-hmm. Everybody wants what they think they want, not what they need to have. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know what, what I want to say is, look, I've been teaching professionally for going on 30 years now. I know what I'm doing. Just calm down and be a good student. Just read my book. Calm down, be a good student. I've you know, I'm in the process of – of like doing my spring cleaning, so to speak, uh, with my gear. And I've got stuff just laid out all over my house. I don't even know what all I've got. So I'm in the process of going through and organizing and getting stuff together, just taking inventory basically of everything that I've got, you know, with my gear, my ammo, my my firearms, magazines, stuff like that, uh, kit. I'm also going to be doing my redoing my EDC bags because it's been oh you know over a year since I've got in there so I don't know what I'm out of or you know what I need to improve or upgrade. So is that is that kind of stuff that you're going to get into a uh, part of the- with 2D's for a double dose of pimping? Yeah. No no the uh, a basic you know I was in the Marine Corps infantry and a, a lot of the stuff that uh, that the, the teams I'll give you a great example. Let's say that that you you get a bunch of you get some of your friends together and you decide that you know that you're going to support each other. You know, if mm-hmm. my family needs help, you'll help my family. If yours needs help, I'll help your family. 
Well, then you end up with a situation like a Baltimore, like a Ferguson, like a St. Louis, like a whatever, mm-hmm. where there is is a, a man made disaster. Or let's say that you're you're like a, a you know we're coming up on the tenth anniversary of Katrina now. Uh, you're in a, in a natural disaster that is bad, and then is made even worse by man by a bunch of animals. What are you going to do? How are you going to react? Are you just going to like grab a gun and go walk around? Uh, you need more than just a rifle. You need more than just a handgun. There's there's way more to it than just having a gun and standing around. Yeah, you can do that for a short amount of time, but are you going to do that for a week? Are you going to do that for 72 hours? What are you going to do, and how are you going to accomplish that mission? And what is your mission? Those are the things that we're going to be talking about, uh, basics that everybody should have. And when, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of gear you can buy. I mean, holy crap, you go to any number <laughs> yeah. of, of websites and, and uh, you know, you could spend $10,000 and still not have everything you think you're supposed to have. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're going to get down to the, the must-haves and the why. And I've worn a lot of gear in my, in my time. Uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time sweating, laying on the ground, sleeping on the ground, uh, you know, standing around in the rain. Uh, so I know a lot of what works and what seems to work, but really doesn't. So, uh, I'm going to put a lot yeah. of personal experience into the book. So kind of, kind of a prep mindset. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. Glenn Tate's book. yeah. Are you familiar with Glenn Tate? Yeah, we're, he's going to be coming on the radio, um, in the near future. Okay. So he sent me one of his books, um, of the 299 days series. Mm-hmm. The, the preparation, the first one in the series. Uh, I haven't had a chance to start that yet, but that's um, I'm going to start reading his books uh, as well. So that uh, Patriot Manual would come in handy, um, I would think, for this. I mean, this is fiction, right? Uh, yeah, 299 days. 299 days is. My books aren't. Right. No, uh, yeah, yours aren't. I, I understand that. Can uh, just fiction book? I, c- I could do anything I want. I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> he can do a fiction, nonfiction book, all in one. I actually have been thinking about that. I've been thinking about it for a while. I think you should do it, man. I think you should stop thinking about it and do it. I think you should shut up and do it. Yeah, that's right. I don't got anything else to do. <laughs> I don't got anything else. So the Patriot Firearm Team Manual is coming out soon. We got an ETA on that? or No, not even too, close to an ETA. Too far out to, to give a, a date on it? Yeah, people need to buy and read the first two books first. And then what about, um, what about events, uh, appearances, things like that? You got anything coming up for that? I'm going to be live at Student Gun University tomorrow from nine to five. Nine to five. And where can they? Uh, at Student of the Gun University. Dot com? No, that's at, no, at our shop. Oh, you're not, that's, you don't film that? No. Oh, <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to be working out in the gym tomorrow from three to five. So if anybody wants to come work out with you, then that's then right. Student of the gun university and lift some tires. I saw, is that part of your workout routine or the tires or is that, is that Jared? And I'm the, getting to you, Jared. We're going to talk about your MMA. No, I like to, I have a, we have a sledgehammer that we like to abuse the tires with. You hit it with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Cool. Now you've, you look like you've really, um, trimmed up since the last time I saw you in that, that photo. No homo, but yeah, you like that? You like that picture there? Yeah, man. I mean, you're, you're rocking it, man. Well, no, I, I started, I was you're lean, mean, I started SWAT fueling really heavy about a year ago. 
um, to try and get over the hump. I was kind of stuck, you know, I was exercising, trying to lose weight and I was, I had plateaued and I was like kind of stuck. And, uh, I started taking the SWAT fuel multivitamins and the fat burner and, uh, the pre-workout. And, and so I, I dropped about 30, I, I dropped 30 pounds and yeah. then I, I started lifting up heavy stuff. So I, I put about five pounds on after I dropped. Uh, but, but now I can lift heavier stuff. Well, no offense, but that's why I sent a double XL. No, that's not, that was for Zach. Yeah. So I was in the supplement store yesterday and, uh, I texted Jared cause I was trying to get a new pre-workout and he didn't respond. He didn't respond to me until after I already made my purchase and I get in the car right as I'm pulling out, he, he responds SWAT fuel. And I never heard of SWAT fuel. What's the SWAT fuel? Is that just a brand name? Is that what that is? It's, it's Are you special. kidding? I guess he's never heard of it. Special weapons and tactics for the body is, um, it was developed by our friend, uh, Dan Olsnicki. He's a doctor and he developed it specifically with the shooter in mind. Uh-huh. Basically what he did with the SWAT fuel, he's got different supplements. There's nine millimeter, nine millimeter plus P. And then obviously a multivitamin. That's the foundation of every nutrition, nutritional plan. Uh, but so he's, he, he names his products after, yeah. uh, Oh, cool. He's got a 45, ACP coming out. I think that's a hydration thing, but that's going to be in the future. But anyway, so I use the dad and I both awesome. use the nine millimeter and the plus P when we work out. And it's uh, basically what Dan did is he, you know what pharma pharmacokinetics is. It's the, yeah. it's the release of energy over time. So what okay. he, he sat down and he said, okay, this five hour energy right here, it it's liquid. So it dumps into your system fast. You get the jitters and then you get a hard crash. So what Dan did is he developed pills that specifically release the energy over time. Okay. Uh, time released. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of getting all the energy immediately and getting the jitters and then crashing later, it releases over a uh, period of, uh, from what I've done, between five and eight hours, depending on what you do. And then you have no jitters, you have no crash, and it just works. And it helps you mentally focus as well. Okay. Do they sell that in your typical nutrition store or do I have to order that online? Go to Amazon and get it. You can go to SWATFuel.com and you can check out more stuff uh, from there. Okay. Because I'm like Paul. I'm at a plateau right now. Yeah. You know, where I just, I can't get over. I'm trying to get another growth spurt. Are you trying uh, to get bigger or are you trying to lose weight? Well, I'm I'm doing a combination of both where I'm leaning down, but I want to bulk up certain areas. Okay. So are you using this, this SWAT fuel in your MMA training, Jared? Yeah. Yep. I use it. Um, three to five times a week. I don't use it every day. Okay. And you know, that's, that's an announcement I want to make is that talking lead is an official sponsor of the Jared Markle MMA team. (laughs) Along with, is it tactical response and who else? Yeah. Tactical response, talking lead, um, SOE tactical gear, special operations equipment, uh, obviously student of the gun, think on productions, uh, fight university, uh legally concealed also awesome awesome so ej's up on up in there with us too good yep. deal how did you get started in the mma jared oh man dad put me in wrestling when i was what kindergarten or something kindergarten yeah. so and I, paul you used to be a bodybuilder right i i didn't know that i read that somewhere paul paul markle who was did you Not used to me. be a bodybuilder no. you i don't know where you read that i've never been a bodybuilder are you lying to me i read that no, and no, never. There, there's a different Paul Markle that's a doctor or something. Wait a minute. There's a Paul Markle that's a dentist, but dentist. I don't think he's a he's a bodybuilder. There's no way. No. Yes. Oh, bodyguard. That's what ah. it was. 
Yeah, uh, you psych. Know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's almost the same thing. Derp. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jared. So, so Paul has been been the catalyst behind this. Yeah. Uh, both my parents, my, obviously my mom too. I don't know who. I don't know who had who made the decision. I'm assuming it was dad. Yeah, but they both obviously supported you in the wrestling. They both supported me like a family should support you through yeah. through all of my fitness activities. And now you are. How long have you been doing the MMA? Uh, since 2008, I moved okay. out. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you how how I got into actual mixed martial arts. Okay, I wrestled from kindergarten probably till tenth grade or whatever, something like that. And then I moved into jujitsu, and I trained with a guy named John Saylor up in Ohio, and how did you get introduced? You got introduced to John through Sonny, right? Yeah. Okay. So we, dad went over to, I, I might've been with him, went over to a seminar that Sonny Pazikas was doing at our friend, John Saylor's house. And so we met John and John was an Olympic judo coach and he was a judo champion. So I started to, and he founded this thing called Shingatai Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. It's Japanese. If you want to uh, you say can it again, Japanese Shingatai, which is mind, body, spirit. Shingatai. Shingatai. Shingatai Jiu Jitsu. Yep. And okay. Japanese form of jiu-jitsu. So I started doing that when I was 15 or 16. Uh, and then I was 18 when we moved down to Biloxi. And what I was, I don't know if mom and dad know this yet or not, but when we first decided, dad moved down to Biloxi for the military contract to teach the little Navy guys. And <laughs> he, found, uh, he found a gym, a local gym down here called Dixon's Dungeon. And uh, I came down on spring break and he took me there and I, I liked it. I really liked it a lot. And basically Dixon, I talked to him, the, the head coach there, and he said that if I started training every day, he could get me in an MMA fight within six months. So I made that decision because what I was planning on doing was staying up in Ohio and training under Sailor, John Sailor. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I didn't. I moved down for the mixed martial arts experience. And so it's history now and now we actually my the head coach john dixon and i and dad are partnered and we have dixon's dungeon is now in our home here at the student gun university and fight university okay so that's part of your private gym yep man i'd love to come down there and check your gym out sometime sounds like a pretty cool place you should do that maybe maybe we could uh you could show me some uh jujitsu moves and or do you do the uh is it mai tai mai tai <laughs> Mai Tai drink Mai Tai is yeah. what you drink I do Mai Tais Yeah, that's what I'm asking After your training, do you do Mai Tais? <laughs> so it's the Muay Thai You're you're into that And the Sambo, is it? Sambo, yeah It's uh, Russian Sambo is Russian Did Sonny teach you that? Nope Dixon taught me that Dixon have actually you, time in Russia Learning Sambo f- over there Have you had any training from Pazikas? Just that one seminar Just the one seminar Which was uh, Sistema Systema. Russian system. I bet that was. I bet that was pretty interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very intense, extremely intense. So, how many fights do you have under your belt right now? Uh, I've got six total. Five. Six. Six. Six total. Six uh, total. Three pro, three amateur. Okay, so you are pro status now. Yes, sir. And uh, you've got several coming. You, I know you've got one end of this month, right? Yep, I've got August twenty second, September twelfth is a Sancho match, which is basically Muay Thai with judo throws. You can punch and kick and elbow and knee and take down. And then November, I've got one. Uh, I don't. I don't have a contract for that yet, but it should be. It's going to be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. 
And then December is a uh, Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. I don't have a contract for that either yet, but we're talking, we're working stuff out. Well, after you win this one here at the end of the month, then those contracts will get solidified, I'm sure. And that's really, I've been out. I, I did uh, five, no, I did all six of my MMA fights from 2008 to 2010. Okay. Yeah. Then I had a shoulder surgery. And so I've took a, a lot of time off recovering. Um, right. Getting back into training. Rehabbing, yeah. And basically, so I, are you I, coming off the shoulder uh, surgery now? Is this your first time back since this, the shoulder surgery? Yeah, this is my first time back in the in the cage as a professional. Okay. And what organization are you fighting under? Is there a certain organization that you're? Uh, Dixon's um, done. That's the gym. Or you mean? Uh, well, well, I mean, like, world, fight, world fighting championships. Double F W W F C is this promotion is who I'm fighting under. Okay. W F C. Yep. W F C. Gotcha. Okay. For an MMA fighter, how many fights do they do a year? What's typical for an MMA fighter? Uh, depends on what you want to do. If you if you're conditioned and you don't take too much damage in, in a fight, then one every month. But usually, I I would probably do one quarterly. One okay. Every I'm getting back into it and trying to get my reputation back now. So I need to do uh, what I'm doing is I'm mixing in with uh, I'm doing mixed martial arts fights. I'm going to be doing the Sancho fights. I'm gonna, I'm going to put my toe into boxing and see how I do in there. Okay. So you're doing, you're doing some things outside of the MMA world in yeah. addition to stay, to stay I told, honed. I told uh, coach Dixon, I said, whatever I said, I trust your judgment, whatever you put me in, I'm going to do it. Boxing would die on show. I don't so he's, he's I don't your care. Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. If you, if you can fight, <laughs> you can fight. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> Very cool. I'm looking forward to that. So the one at the end of the month is what? Where's it at? In Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's in Baton Rouge. Ooh, I don't know if I'll be able to make Baton Rouge. We've got the. Um, I think that's when the three gun competition is going on. Also, the Brownells in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah it is. It's that way. Okay. That's where. That's where Zach, Zach is going to be. Yeah, Zach, call. Because yeah. because competitions are more important than friends. <laughs> Oh, there you go, Dad. <laughs> Throw your Trump card out there now, Atlanta. Yeah, that's your next one, right? Yeah, November. Uh, I don't see any reason why I can't make that one. So I definitely will come down to it, Atlanta. But cool. Do you have a separate MMA Facebook website? Yeah, mine is uh, Facebook dot com slash PE as in personal trainer Jared J A R R A D. For all of you guys that are listening right now. And you have issues with, or not issues, but if you have trouble, <laughs> if you have issues, get a tissue. But if you have trouble <laughs> with your gains in, in the gym, uh, don't focus on taking supplements. Focus on changing your regimen. Focus on what you need to change with your body because you can, if you're focused on what you need to, what did I said before? Amateurs focus on, or hardware. Hardware. Focus on software. So software being what's in your brain. Focus on it and what you do it has to be specific to your body. Mm-hmm. But stop focusing on what can make you work out harder. Your mind makes you work out harder. And this just helps me go. There you go. That, that helps <laughs> you start. That just gets me started, yeah. Because I'm a lot of times I'm just like, I got no motivation when I get in the gym. Oh, man. And I just need a little something to just poof. But you're right. I mean, for my, for the the hump that I'm on right now, there's not a supplement that's going to get me over that. It's I've got to change my routine. 
hey, I've got to work harder. I've got to do something different as far as my my lifting goes. Yep. Jared's about to blow your mind. Uh, dude. He's this... going to drop one on you like a grenade. I... All right. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. This is from one of my, one of my friends. Uh, motivation is the excuse weak men claim for choosing the easy wrong over the hard right. As a matter of honor, to do your best is required regardless of your motivation or any other emotions. A balanced life is required for a man to be great at anything. Oftentimes that I have had insufficient motivation causing repeated failure, I also noticed that my life was imbalanced. I was focused on one thing. That is what I was failing at. I suggest that whatever life category you're lacking motivation in, that you examine that category for the parts you enjoy. If it is fitness, write down all the parts of fitness you enjoy. Take a month or three and only do those exercises you enjoy. Nothing else. During that time, focus on other parts of life that give you inner peace and strength. You need someone in your life that lifts you up, points out your strengths, compliments your successes, etc. If you don't have that relative, friend, or mentor, then you really need to find that person. They will put you out of the emotional pits and make you responsible to reach your goals. If you want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people. Yep, and that, I mean, I was having a really big problem with uh, my inner battle with myself, my motivation. Uh, why wasn't I motivated to do some things? And he sent me that. And he's like, that's an excuse that weak people use to do nothing instead of do something. And I was like, well, shit, I'm not weak. So I'm going to go ahead and go to this gym and I'm going to, I'm going to work out now. Just do it. And it took somebody just saying that to me, like, cause I, I knew it in my head, but mm-hmm. just pointing out, we all have to be reminded occasionally, you know, we lose, we lose sight, we lose focus. And it's not a bad thing for somebody to remind us from time to time. When when you don't, this is what I tell people, like, when you don't feel like working out, that is absolutely when you need to. Exactly. Because anybody can make excuses. Anybody can say, you know, I, I'm not really feeling like it today. I'm just going to go take a nap. I'm going to go watch TV. When you don't feel like it, that is when you have to force yourself to do it. It's called mental discipline. Yeah. When you give in to your complacency, then you will become complacent. Oh, yeah. Then, and then it's easy. And then you just do that. And you, will, you, I tell you what, really, seriously, listen to my words. Uh, the next time you, you, you think, you, know, you, you plan, to, especially when you plan on doing it in the morning, and then it gets to the afternoon and you know, you're like, oh, it's been a long day. I don't really feel like it. I'm tired. I'm just going to go ahead and skip tonight. Then you have to go back and say, you know, you already planned to do this do it. And when you're done, you're going to feel pretty darn good about yourself. You're like, yeah, I, I wasn't even going to. And and I actually worked out harder than I, than I was anticipated. Yeah. And I was going to say, I usually have my best workouts or I come out feeling better anyway, when I go in, when I, when I don't want to go in, when I, when I'm making the excuse, any excuse I can come up with to procrastinate or not go in. Once I do it, just like you said, man, I usually come out feeling, you know, like it's one of the best workouts that I've had. Yeah, like you really accomplished something. Yeah. I, overca- I overcame an obstacle yeah. and I, I, I accomplished something. Well, very good. We, we overcame a huge obstacle in that we came to the end of another show. So <laughs> I know that's hard with me. I get my guest on here. We always start rambling and talking and, you know, one hour turns into two hours and this is probably going to be another one of those two-hour shows. But, hey, m- more entertainment for our listeners, right? 
So, guys, tell everybody once again where they can get in touch with you guys, the Student of the Gun. Uh, you go to studentofthegunradio.com. Um, that's our main site right now. Uh, it has all the radio stuff on it. You can contact us on there. Uh, you go to Facebook, Twitter, any social media. You can find us on Roku. You can find us on Amazon Fire TV. You can find us on Apple TV. You can find us anywhere. Literally. You can get the books on your website, on Amazon studentofthegungear.com uh, you can get everything there you can go to amazon.com some of our products are on there um, sotgu.com is training uh, we've got a couple classes coming up one in Michigan so. right and you can win the trivia question this week and get get their book get Paul's new Faith and the Patriot which it's a good read I just started it like I was I'm like halfway through it uh, looking forward to finishing that one up and looking for that manual that's coming out from you on the uh, I'll get picture, to work on that. picture fire team. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> yeah, <I've laughs> and it, and your your fiction that's that you're going to work on that that next that new first time fiction book. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and a big thanks to our sponsors at ICE Training, ICE Training US. ICE stands for Integrity, Consistency, and Efficiency the hallmarks of the programs, courses, and services provided by the company. ICE Training is a full-service company offering training to armed professionals and those interested in self-defense. ICE is owned and operated by Rob Pincus, the developer of the Combat Focus Shooting Program and the Professional Defense Video DVD series. ICE offers training in firearms, tactics, and unarmed defense, as well as consulting services for range operations, instructor development, and training program management. ICE training.us. <laughs> Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer. closer and be a, be a student, student for, for life. life with Student of the Gun. <laughs> <laughs>